I V M. Who are the real guardians of Pakistan's national interest? How is the public morale in Pakistan today? Who's going to come into power next? Hello, you're listening to the Pragati podcast, and I'm your host, Hamsini Hariharan. Each Thursday, my co-host Pawan Shrinath and I get together to discuss policy, politics, and economics. Now, in every conversation about foreign policy in this country, we inevitably land up at the topic of Pakistan. Since the Doklam crisis and the decision of the Pakistani Supreme Court to disqualify Nawaz Sharif, relations between India and Pakistan have taken up only a little mind space. This week on the show, we have possibly one of the best voices speaking on Pakistan, Ambassador T C Raghavan. He's the former High Commissioner of India to Singapore and Pakistan. His first book, Attendant Lords, covered about a hundred years of the Mughal court. His new book, The People Next Door, is an anecdotal chronicle of India's strange and often obsessive relationship with its neighbour. I managed to catch up with him at the Bangalore Lit Fest to discuss our current relations with Pakistan. Well, the current situation between India and Pakistan uh, is at a plateau, and that, of course, is uh, well known, and it's also not particularly new. Because these ups and downs in India-Pakistan relations have been there right from the very beginning, uh, and the current plateau is, uh, broadly speaking, on account of two factors. Uh, one is uh, what has happened in terms of terrorist attacks in uh, India, which obviously acts as a dampener to any initiatives which the government of India may wish to take. Uh, but the second and more critical factor, to my view, is the internal situation in Pakistan. And now it is very clear, especially with the benefit of hindsight, that since uh, late 2014, Pakistan has been in the midst of a very intense civil-military tussle, uh, and the the imbalance in the civil-military equation has affected uh, virtually all its uh, external relationships uh, with Iran, with Afghanistan, with the United States, uh, with Saudi Arabia to some extent, but most of all with uh, with India. Uh, the only power which has, to some extent, insulated itself from the civil-military tussle is uh, China. So that is the current situation as we find ourselves in. And I think till some amount of domestic stability is restored in uh, Pakistan, which may happen in the course of the next eight nine months, what uh, form that stability will take is difficult to say. But uh, in the next eight nine months, some form of a new balance uh, may emerge. Uh, and then possibly we will see uh, further developments taking place. Speaking of the current situation in Pakistan, there was what was called a judicial coup in a sense, um, and the military again has control over the state. Uh, what do you think? How do you think this will play off after Nawaz Sharif stepping down uh, between the military and the civilian government? This is the sixty-four million dollar question, and everyone in Pakistan is uh, asking it, trying to analyze it. Looking for answers, it's very difficult to say, because it is very much of an ongoing contest, uh, and it's uh, difficult to predict uh, uh, what is going to happen. Certain things are clear: that the Pakistan military has a position in its society and polity which is not going to change very quickly. Uh, so it will remain part of whatever whatever balance uh, emerges. But uh, there are also new factors in Pakistan, and uh, and this is the new thing which has emerged in the last ten to fifteen years, that 
the situation in Pakistan is no longer possible for the military to control on its own. Uh, and it needs to have alliances uh, uh, outside uh, with political parties, with the judiciary, with other stakeholders uh, and so on. So what cocktail will emerge out of uh, this current uh, churning is really the, uh, is really the question. Uh, to my mind, uh, the balance started shifting against Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, then Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, uh, sometime around uh, late 2014. Uh, and it was broadly correlated with uh, the very uh, major steps the Pakistan military took against terrorists in uh, Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, it gained a great deal of public support and goodwill. And that tilted the balance against the civilian authorities. The analysis of Pakistan often suggests that the military will override any decision that the civilian government takes. Back in July, Hussein Haqqani said that Nawaz Sharif fell out of the army's favour when he decided to assert himself in the conduct of foreign and national security policy after he became prime minister. So hardliners often ask how any new civilian government will change that equation. Uh, I don't think the question is as simple as the military will ensure that no matter who comes to power, uh, relations with India remain at a low uh, ebb. Uh, I think the, the situation, to my mind, is far more complex than that. Uh, and it has to do with the quality of the relationship between the civilian uh, authorities and, uh, and the military. Now, that relationship started deteriorating under Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif when he began the process of taking the former President General Musharraf to trial. Mm. Uh, and that really disturbed the equation with the, uh, with the military and that had a number of other consequences, ending finally with his uh, unseating in what you called uh, uh, a judicial uh, coup. Uh, so the quality of the relationship between the political party in power uh, and the military is very important. Uh, if that relationship is smooth, if it is harmonious, and there's no reason to believe it cannot be. Uh, if that relationship is smooth and harmonious, perhaps things will uh, look up for the India-Pakistan front too. If that relationship remains disturbed, uh, prone to suspicion and distrust on each side, then the India-Pakistan equation will not see that much improvement. It's funny how there's a direct correlation between India-Pakistan relations as well as the civil-military relations within Pakistan itself. Well, that correlation has been there for a very long uh, time. Uh, and the reasons for that are uh, uh, quite complex, but also simple enough in other, in other ways. Uh, the Pakistani military sees itself as the guardian of Pakistani interests vis-a-vis -vis, uh, India. Uh, so therefore, if uh, someone wants to move forward on uh, uh, relations with India, it must have a good relationship with the military. Otherwise, it will not be able to bring it on board. If that relationship is disturbed, then progress on India-Pakistan relations becomes that much more difficult. While civil-military relations are important for India, they're also important for Pakistan's other neighbor, China. How does this equation affect Pakistan's relationship with China, which is only growing warmer every day? I asked this to Dr. Raghavan, and this is what he said. I think it affects the relationship with China to a lesser extent, uh, because uh, the Chinese are seen as a benign external power. Uh, and uh, you must understand, uh, 
most Pakistanis see themselves confronting India, which is six times its population, uh, ten times its GDP, and ten times its military uh, budget. Uh, so they feel it is natural that they have to bring in an external power to balance the Indian presence. And that's how it's always been. And that's how it's always been. From the 50s to the 90s, that external power was the United States. And now with the rise of the Chinese economy, uh, it is uh, China. So to that extent, China is seen as a more benign uh, benign uh, player. They have also no, uh, no major disputes of relating to identity or territory, uh, unlike in the case of Afghanistan and uh, and India. So to that extent, it remains insulated from uh, the from the ups and downs of daily politics. But at the same time, if uh, conditions in Pakistan deteriorate further, if there is more political instability, if there is a breakdown in civil military uh, equations even further, or to a greater extent than is anticipated now, then the consensus around China will also weaken. Mm. Let's not forget at the time when there was appeared to be a near breakdown in civil military equations in Pakistan in 2014, when Imran Khan was leading this major agitation against Nawaz Sharif, the military appeared to be equivocating, at least people thought it was equivocating between uh, the two. One of the casualties was the Chinese president's visit to uh, Pakistan had to be cancelled. And you had the odd situation of the Chinese president coming to India but being unable to visit uh, Pakistan. So it shows as to how, uh, notwithstanding this very strong domestic consensus, that consensus nevertheless remains a function of internal stability. Uh, You also spoke about a little, just mentioned uh, the U.S. So with the U.S. Secretary of State visiting India and then Pakistan, uh, how do you think the U.S. is playing a role or will play the role under its current president um, with respect to affairs in the Indian subcontinent? Well, the, the current administration represents a line of thinking which has been there uh, uh, in the United States for a long time of great cynicism and impatience with Pakistan. Mm. And especially the sense that Pakistan duplicity has played us uh, and we've had enough of it. Now, this sentiment is not totally novel. It was there in earlier administrations too. But in President Trump's administration, it has acquired almost a preponderant uh, weight. Mm. And that explains the kind of language he used in his against Pakistan when he announced his new AFPAC policy mm. and during developments during recent Secretary Tillerson's uh, visit. Uh, that they are very keen that uh, Pakistan take substantive and tangible uh, steps. Mm. To achieve that, they are putting a great deal of pressure. Uh, Again, it is anyone's guess how this pressure will uh, work. To an extent, the Pakistanis will try to accommodate U.S. interests. I think their public rhetoric on this, which is very charged and very defined, is quite different from the private message uh, or the internal message which they are giving to the United States, that they are going to try to accommodate your concerns to the extent uh, uh, we can, because many people in Pakistan, notwithstanding the relationship with China, put a great deal of value to bilateral relations with the United States. Mm. So we are going to try to see the Pakistanis uh, try to accommodate U.S. concerns in the hope that this will increase their leverage uh, with an administration they otherwise know very little about Mm. and don't have the kind of links they had in the past. Uh, While doing so, they will try to insulate their what they feel are their core interests. Mm. Uh, So it's a good question, uh, if you put it very bluntly, 
to what extent will there be a trade off between uh, what is happening in afghanistan and what is going to happen vis-a-vis uh, india now the answer to that is still very much in the future after talking about the largest powers in the world i became curious about the smallest unit of any state the individual as indian citizens we have little to no contact with the people in pakistan since ambassador raghavan stayed in islamabad for many years i wondered how it was to actually live in the country well i've stayed in pakistan in two separate stints the first was for about four and a half years between 2003 and the middle of 2007 uh, and the second more recently from 2013 till 2015 mm-hmm. so uh, so roughly seven years split in two uh, different halves uh, or near halves uh, i i mean uh, both in uh, the early earlier stint and in this uh, stint uh, uh, i did feel that uh, uh, at the ground level anti india feelings are not of a quality uh, that or of intensity as they were described uh, in the past in the 70s and 80s uh, and many many factors have contributed uh, to it most of all the great disillusionment uh, disillusionment with the state of pakistan itself mm. uh, and that has uh, to my mind tempered the intensity of anti india mm. sentiment it's still there but not as visible as it used to uh, used to be Uh, the second uh, big change which i noticed uh, especially when i went back to pakistan in 2013 mm. was the lack of or the loss of public morale because of uh, events in pakistan from 2007 uh, onwards mm-hmm. the assassination of benazir bhutto the major terrorist strikes uh, affecting uh, the whole of pakistan uh, and the deterioration in the economy Uh, I think this lack of public morale was a very important factor in uh, the election of Nawaz Sharif to power uh, but uh, despite or in spite of what people may have expected it continued even during his uh, tenure as prime minister mm-hmm. and it changed uh, only in 2015 after the Pakistan military started taking action against homegrown uh, terrorists yes. carrying out attacks in uh, Pakistan Uh, and that was a big change because you mm. saw public confidence returning mm. uh, and returning very quickly in the space of 6 months mm. people were coming out more in the streets there was more public uh, activity uh, in terms of uh, uh, literary activity artistic activity cultural activity of a kind which had gone into a lull uh, mm. earlier uh, so that was a change which struck me as being very significant mm. and i guess we'll have to see now how public confidence lies after the current events in pakistan well i think public confidence is at the low mm. uh, the pakistanis may put up a good uh, front uh, to it uh, but i believe the us pressure mm. uh, the terrible state of relations with afghanistan uh, with iran to some extent not to the same extent but with iran certainly mm. and especially with india mm. all this dampens uh, public mood not just in a subjective sense but also acts as a dampener to economic confidence business confidence uh, uh, and underlying all this uh, is the very poor external image uh, pakistan enjoys or pakistan has externally internationally uh, and that poor international image has a all pervasive effect uh, on different uh, aspects or different uh, areas which concern the pakistani elite Uh, uh this is therefore 
to be a upper class pakistani this is a very difficult time hmm. all right thank you so much thank you. thank you thank you for calling me thank you that's it for this episode of the pragati podcast you can read a review of the attendant lords on the bookshelf at thinkpragati.com and buy the people next door from any bookstore if you have any comments or suggestions you can tweet them to pavan or me pavan is on twitter as adjuice is dead and my handle is at thamsini hitch you can listen to the pragati podcast on the ivm podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcast and of course on thinkpragati.com we'll be back next week Good evening ladies and gentlemen this is your captain speaking sorry to say but there's been a slight delay due to the apocalypse having suddenly begun as you can see there's death destruction and chaos taking place all around us but don't you worry food and drinks will be served shortly and i would recommend checking out IVM podcasts to get some of your favorite indian podcasts we'll keep you going till this whole thing blows over thank you